Hello and welcome to Farmland. On this week's episode, we'll be focusing on everything to do with Harvest 2022. I'm joined by AgriLand journalist Richard Halloran and Bobby Miller from the Irish Grain Growers Group to talk about yields so far, the Ukraine conflict and the effect on markets. I'm joined now by AgriLand journalist Richard Halloran and Bobby Miller from the Irish Grain Growers Group. Thank you for joining us today. First, Bobby, I might start with you and just ask you in overall terms, I suppose, about the grain market at the moment. The most topical thing on everyone's lips at the moment is the conflict in Ukraine, for example. We yeah. had heard that there was a grain deal, you know, arranged between Ukraine and Russia last week. But then subsequently, I don't know where that deal stands now with the bombing of Odessa port. Mm. From your point of view for grain growers, how do things stand? Um, the markets are fluctuating. Uh, no one knows where what's going to happen next in Australia, the situation. And we are at the market's mercy in this current situation. We're all observing what's going on in the Ukraine, obviously, but other parts of the world, uh, North America now is going to be very important this week, what way the markets are going, or the crop reports are going to go there. So we're at the mercy of the markets here in Ireland uh, because we compete with imports. So so this, I suppose, is it the sole focus of the markets at the moment, whether or not that grain can come out of Eastern Europe? It's not the sole focus. It's the main focus, obviously, uh, because you know, we are fully aware now how important the Ukraine is for import or for for the grain production. Uh, but you have to look at all over the world. You have to look at what's happening in Canada. You have to look at what's happening in North America, South America, Indonesia. And so that's a normal. Normally, what you have to be looking at world the world trade basically because we're a commodity. Does uh, we produce a commodity at the end of the day? But obviously, all eyes is on Ukraine at the present and Russia. You know, so that's current. And. Is that among the biggest challenge for grain growers at the moment, Bobby, in the sense that there's no certainty? Things are fluctuating so much, whereas yeah. prices were probably good in June, but now you know we're heading July, August, and things may change again. That It's a very hard to forward plan. Yeah, it's a very hard to forward plan. Like We're only less than a month away from start our new season, the sun of winter oilseed rape, and we're planning already for what's going or for our crops for 20, harvest 2023. So it is... Uh, it's very concerning for us. Uh, I won't say this, this. You have to manage it as best you can. And fertilizer prices uh, are currently, like for twenty twenty three, you're talking about eight hundred euro, nine hundred euro for nitrogen and compound fertilizers. Fertilizers heading for a thousand euro presently. Like they're phenomenal expenses uh, going forward for us. That we've to start taking the risk for uh, now in a month, less than one's time. So that's where we are as as tillage farmers. Uh, we're co-hoping all this in our own way and, and the way we do our business, you know. So grain prices are stronger than normal. Uh, we all know that, but the costs associated and the risks are there at the end of the day. And as always, we're depending on the weather. This is it. You're, you're in a very precarious sector within agriculture as a whole. You're dependent on markets. You're dependent on the weather. Obviously, um, recently it hasn't been been too bad. But let's let's talk about harvest 2022, I suppose, um, just with, with barley and, and, and some amount of oats, I think, um, has just been harvested. You've been around the country, Richard, a bit and seen a, a few tillage operations. How are, How's the harvest going so far? I suppose the winter barley is more or less wrapped up very variable yields that's the first thing i'll say and that some very good yields and, and some very poor yields so i'm guessing well it's hard to quantify at the very minute for a couple of weeks time it'll become more clear um 
but I'm guessing yields be back on winter barley compared to last year. It'll definitely be back on last year, whether it be near the, the five-year average, more probably. Uh, winter oats, the harvest has started last week. Yields look promising from what I've heard so far. And Ilchi Drape has started as well, and mixed reports, but I'd be guessing uh, they look good overall, but it is very early stages to really make a call on that. And spring crops uh, looking quite good as well. They're getting good weather, fill, weather for filling the grain. So overall, yield-wise, it should be quite good, but the first crop that's harvested winter barley, and that has been disappointing. But that's the word. So you, you, you don't know till, till the end of the harvest, really. Yeah, the reports that you've had of, of late as well about the, the barley yield, I suppose, has been quite variable, just as Bobby said, Richard. Yeah, very much so. Uh, uh, some cases down to maybe two tonne per acre, but in some cases as well, there were, there were some really good crops, four tonne plus. Um, I think in an average year, you'd be looking three, maybe three and a half tonne uh, across the board with winter barley. Just to pick up on one or two of the, the points that, that Bobby made at the outset there. Um, grain growers this year in particular, they need two things. They need good yields and they need good prices because truly, as Bobby has alluded to, I mean, all of the input costs impacting on uh, th their business this year have gone through the roof. I mean, you've seen fertilizer prices quadrupling. I mean, and the, the, the scale of the increase, I mean, has never been, you know, the, we've never seen the likes of that before uh, hitting not just the, 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 the tillage sector, but right across um, farming uh, as, as a whole. Um, back in June, I, there was a pretty strong message put out to the effect that um, growers should, look, should have looked seriously then at forward selling their grain. And I'd maybe just go back to Bobby and ask him the question, do, had you heard of many growers um, forward selling this year? Because uh, to me, uh, with with, 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 I suppose, the power of hindsight, those that did forward sell at the height of the market, I mean, would be in a pretty good position right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a thing that's not practiced a whole lot here in Ireland. Uh, tillage farmers are very, it's not a thing they're accustomed to doing. Uh, up to a couple of years ago, less than 5% of the grain was forward sold. Now that has increased in 2021 and perhaps this year, now the peak of the market uh, currently was, as Richard alluded, was about six weeks ago, a month ago, and some did forward sell, but you can't, the rule of thumb is you don't sell more than 50% of your crop because you actually don't know what you have until you harvest, whether you, whether event It's a gamble, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's a thing that, it's a folk, an area I'd, I'd like to see folks on be more for tillage farmers to secure their take lower the risk uh, uh, going forward especially as I mentioned earlier about fertilizer prices if you're thinking of buying fertilizer for next year you're going to have to consider for selling some of your grain as well to reduce the risk going forward but um, it, it is available uh, what, what else is available and is uh, price insurance and crop insurance price insurance is, is available to farmers that you can lock in at a price. It's a complex subject I we couldn't really get into here today. You'd need an expert on it, but it's definitely worth considering going forward for tillage farmers where you lock in at a certain price and if it happens to go up, you, 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 you're able to take advantage of the higher price going forward. So it's, uh, I'll call it novel, but it's uh, available in a lot of other countries, in the likes of America and in other European countries. So it's a thing we should be considering uh, going forward for Irish tillage farmers. 
as well and the merchants the buyers of the grain may, may should be making it available to farmers as an option and bobby you mentioned there that the yields on barley for example are, are variable to say the least mm. um i think you said we started with the the oilseed rape um we'll be going on then to winter wheat and spring barley after that so what is your prediction for those? I suppose you can't know, as you said, it takes a while to know what the yields will be like. Uh, what do you need the weather to do? How has the weather been? Uh, harvesting weather has been quite good for the start of the harvest. We're all experiencing the warm days and that's been very helpful to uh, harvest the winter barley. Uh, and the start probably brought forward, the harvest is early this year, has brought forward uh, definitely the old, old harvest and the LCD harvest. They usually don't start for another week or so and harvesting started last week. So the weather has been favourable uh, and you can, the conditions have been dry uh, overall. The growing season has been quite a dry season. So that has, we got rain when, when we needed it, I suppose the best way of putting it. There was a worry there a couple of months ago that we were going into a drought, drought situation for all farmers, grassland farmers as well. And thankfully the rain came at the right time to save the year in that regard. Uh, but, um, so far so good weather-wise and we're getting hopefully get a bit of an opportunity now this week again. I know the weekend has been unsettled if you're up in the north of the country this year or this weekend. Or the west. Yeah, yeah. And the weather was, yeah, we, we heard, saw where flooding occurred. So that's the mercy you are as tillage farmers as well. Or at the, like I've crops to harvest this week, harvest this week and uh, hopefully you'll get the weather for it. Like, you know, you're at the real stage of where you can lose a lot of your crop if the weather doesn't be favourable, you know, so you're gambling all the time I suppose from the start of the year to the right to the time you harvest the crop. That's true. Well uh, just to pick up on, 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 on that point I mean if you are growing grain or growing crops at all I mean the big issue is getting that weather window to allow you to get out with the combine to get the harvest sorted in, in, in good order. Um, I mean there's no doubt about it uh, Ireland has the potential to grow the highest yields produce the highest yields uh, grain of, of grain uh, in Europe, in the, in the Northern Hemisphere that I'm aware of, um, because we always are guaranteed uh, that continuum of rain, of moisture, um, throughout the crop's growing uh, cycle. Uh, the big if, the big issue is getting that uh, harvest window to get the machinery, the, the, the combines out um, and, and, and to get the, the, the crop harvested safely. Um, just uh, probably mentioned the fact that we're the winter barley harvest is now more or less completed I think in places like Donegal they're that little bit later because of that further north but to all intents and purposes winter barley the, the winter barley harvest is over um, the, 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 the comments coming back to me would be that BYDV barley yellow dwarf virus has been a real issue this year mm. and that has been the key contributory factor in terms of dropping yields and in, 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 in many locations would, would you would you tend to agree with that yeah definitely concur to that and take all is being factored in as well uh, talking to a C company uh, employee there at the weekend and he is factored in take all which is quite strange to a degree uh, take all most farmers are know how to handle take all mm -hmm. but it just happened to come into the equation this year as well but BYDV was the main uh, reason I myself got affected by it as well like and also what like uh, talking about the science element of it now you, you know the products that's available to us and the chemistry uh, like they're dwindling year on year and we have to reach EU targets now as well so as well so 
it's a, it's, there's a lot, a lot of challenges ahead for the tillage industry, but I, I'd like to be positive about it as well. Um, we are currently uh, in the midst of reaching emissions targets here, and the very topical subject is the 22%, 30%. Uh, tillage, a tillage acre is practically carbon neutral, and that's not being portrayed enough in our eyes. If you want a solution to targets, increase the uh, tillage area here and invest strongly in it as well at processing level uh, as well and not just at like farm gate level so we our biggest demand for our grain is feed uh, we need to change that attitude uh, we have to bring back the likes of the milling industry and process like the flexitarian diet is growing their facts coming from the likes of Borbia so there's a bit opportunity there but there's a lot of challenges coming ahead for us you know uh, only at the weekend there there's a suspicion to be gone into the EU on gene editing uh, they're looking for f feedback on that so a lot of interesting stuff going on but a lot of challenges at the same time I, I'd be optimistic for the tillage sector but only if uh, influencers of this country realize it as well and I don't think enough people realize that uh, what the change sector has to offer as a package. I suppose some of the things that you mentioned there are concerns and, and policy for, for national government and some of it is obviously coming from Europe um, you mentioned there the challenges that every sector is facing in regards to um, environmental targets but the disease element of crops that you mentioned earlier and Richard mentioned it with the uh, barley yellow dwarf virus. We were even discussing this Richard recently where simply from a very uh, you know I suppose mundane level I cannot kill the weeds around my house and I have tried and myself and Richard and Richard as an agronomist I was getting his advice and it just becomes a thing that what's available in the co-ops or on the shelves or you know in your local agri store now is just not really suitable anymore it's not and we have to protect the environment but at the same time you have to protect food production which is what you know tillage is or grain um, so I suppose what and this is coming from Europe then you know the the restriction on a certain number of herbicides pesticides and so on that's coming from Europe how are tillage and grain growers managing that challenge? Um. I saw there's many elements to it. I suppose uh, one the key one key element is uh, seed breeding, the new varieties of seed coming along uh, that are showing resistance uh, to certain uh, we, uh, weeds and well not weeds sorry uh, fungicides the uh, diseases on, on crops. So that's one element of it, and that's why you mentioned the gene editing that would have been would be very helpful if 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 available uh, as distinguished from gene uh, genetically modified. So that would be, uh, it's challenging what's, as I said earlier, it's challenging uh, how we want to reach these goals that they set for us, you know. And in the same breath, we have to compete with grain coming in from other parts of the world that don't have the same standards at all. Currently, we've lost a lot of products, uh, chemical products anyway, uh, over the years. Uh, Richard, fully aware of that, all the products that we've lost recently have lost clarisinol and, and the, um, the seed dressing, uh, the BYDV is very helpful for ready to go to tower. Two products gone recently, like you know, so we're facing these challenges currently, like you know, all the time. We're constantly uh, facing them, like, and where what's next? Maybe bi biological solutions and how we look after our soils is 
healthy soil means healthy crops, which mean far less pressure on diseases uh, on, in crops. And what about tillage farmers in terms of, we'll say things like the nitrates directive or, or water quality and so on. Mm. Um, in the past, they would be um, a particular sector of a particular industry that maybe would be criticised for that. Um, do you feel that really farmers have come so far in recent years now that they're well able to, you know, adapt to any sort of requirements that are needed? One line that comes to me all the time is uh, farmers know their own side of the best. Uh, currently, uh, the Nitrous Action Plan, the, uh, the, the references that we've been guided by aren't available yet. Yet, uh, we're supposed to be cultivating soil at present. Uh, we're waiting for those uh, guidelines to be published. Uh, what was initially made available, uh, we were not in favour of at all. We were going to the Department of Agriculture and Department of Housing straight away on it to bring a bit of uh, what we consider reality to the situation. Uh, having, to, having to cultivate all your ground post-harvest uh, made no sense in our eyes. Uh, not to say that we're not opposed to it. Let farmers farm the way they feel best. Uh, like I, I hope and I'm expecting changes from what's there presently, but the information isn't out from the department yet of housing. Uh, we're waiting for it to be signed off and we're hopeful for some changes that's currently there. What's there isn't uh, uh, viable in our eyes, you know, as, as tillage farmers, as I say at the start, we know our soils best, uh, cultivating all the soil for several different reasons. Uh, the likes of oil seed rape ground, uh, you, uh, your devices don't cultivate for three weeks post, uh, post harvest let the seed chit, same with other problem weeds like grass weeds, some particular grass weeds, the devices from the likes of Chagas don't cultivate for three weeks, let the seed chit, you know, so uh, we're hopeful that the department, like they, ha they have got information from the likes of Chagas now on, on the nitrates and hopefully we will get solutions in the next week or two on it, but it is a big concern, it's at present, Richard will tell you. Yeah, Richard, yeah, I, I know that you've yeah. been looking at this and you've been looking into the tillage incentive scheme, the protein aid scheme recently with the department. Yeah. I, well, I suppose to get back to the fundamentals, I, I truly believe there's a, there, there is a very buoyant future, a very uh, buoyant future for, for tillage. I think farmers, to a large extent, will have to get back to basics and that is look at a, you know, what constitutes um, a rotation. Well, we talked about farmers know their own soils best, they do. But I mean, we need to get back to basics, and that, that to me, um, is centered on the rotation that you follow, the crop rotation that you put in place on your farm. Bobby talked earlier about oil seed rape. I remember 25, 30 years ago, uh, if you got a ton to the acre of oil seed rape and you could get the combine to go through it half right, you, were, you, you felt you had a good day's work done. Today, with oil seed rape, you, can, you could be looking at yields of certainly closer to two ton to the acre. Um, smaller standing crops but that are much easier to combine. Uh, so rape is an example of something that has tremendous, I believe, has tremendous potential within Irish, uh, within Irish tillage systems. Um, I think the figures in relation to the tillage incentive scheme confirm that there has been an uptake for it. I think the tillage area has gone up by 6%. Six, six um, and I think the flexibility that's been built in for livestock farmers where they have the option now of either growing the crop through to grain or they can take it off as a crop silage. I think, I think adds to the, uh, further to the flexibility of the scheme. Um, there is potential to get beans right 
I mean, and we're looking at the protein schemes, the, the protein side of it, to grow, to grow more protein here in Ireland for consumption within Irish livestock farms. I mean, there's huge potential there. I think it's sitting down and working through the, the practicalities of that and making it more relevant. I do know that um, beans can be an issue because you've got that late harvest window with them, but um, I, th there is still huge potential there to make that work and to, to allow um, farming as a whole to become more self-sufficient. And within all of that, tillage has got a very positive role to play, I believe. Finally, Bobby, I might go to you on that point about, I suppose, food security um, in relation to, to grain and producing our, our, our own grain here. Um, I, I'd imagine you concur with Richard there about the, the cruciality of having our tillage sector here supported. Yeah, 100% so. We're after losing 40% of our tillage area in the last 40 years. Uh, last couple of years, it has increased. We have a Minister for Agriculture who is supportive of the tillage sector, to be fair to him. Uh, we'll have obviously not everything he does is 100% in our eyes, but we have, as Richard says, we have a very good future for the sector if we invest in it. Um, other crops, Richard mentioned, I'll see that, I've I'll see that at home, and it's actually going to be exported because you don't have processing facilities there. So there's one typical example that we could invest in. Uh, oats is another uh, fabulous crop in my eyes and grown in the last seven or eight years on my farm, and it's a lower input crop uh, from fertilizer point of view and uh, chemistry point of view. So we have methods that we can hit targets that they're expecting, but you know, we need investment at government level and in the department and we need to educate one problem I find with as a tillage farmer is the, la the lack of uh, knowledge on tillage. Now it's a very, it is a, a complex business but the lack of knowledge uh, is uh, surprising me at times, you know, by people that are making decisions and we need to educate tillage farmers on that. I, I'll, I'll repeat again, Car tillage is the solution, uh, one of the solutions to emissions uh, in this country. We are, Chagas have shown the research that says that tillage farms, tillage, a tillage acre is carbon neutral with a couple of minor uh, bits of tweaking. So our solution, our solutions here is not being discussed enough. I've been following a lot of debates. We're talking about forestry and the, the dairy herd and uh, or the livestock herds and very little, they're almost dismissive of the tillage area. And we can increase the tillage area uh, by threefold if, if, if we wanted to. Now that's really, really optimistic, but the land base is there to increase it that much. And that would have a huge impact on hitting our emissions targets by just increasing it, uh, that, that amount like where our emissions are 17 times less than a dairy acre. And that is, you don't have to be a, a, a rocket scientist to figure out how that's, that's only positive, you know. Fantastic. Well, Bobby Miller from the Irish Grain Growers Group and Agriland journalist Richard Halloran, thank okay. you very much for joining us today. Thank you. That's all from Farmland for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure and stay up to date with all the latest in agricultural news on agriland.ie.